are y'all doing tonight? Good? All right. It's good to see everyone. I want to talk to you tonight about um, the journey of a seed. And, uh, you know, God in the, in the Bible, beginning in Genesis, talked about seeds. When he created the world, he said that the, the plants and the trees would all bring forth their own seed, everything according to its kind. And uh, Jesus talked about seeds many times when he spoke of the kingdom of God. He talked about the parable of the seed and the sower, which we all hopefully know by now. And, and then the parable of the mustard seed, talking about that little tiny seed that grew into the big tree. And all the birds of the air could find refuge under that. So many times throughout the scriptures, God used the seed. And it's not just because they were an agrarian society and so they related to seed. Yes, that's true. But at the same time, it speaks of the fact that God is a God of increase. And I want you to understand that I preached a series on that a couple years ago. And this is going to go down a different vein. But God is a God of increase. His kingdom is always moving forward. God's kingdom never moves backwards or stands still. The kingdom of God always moves forward. And the reason that it always moves forward and it sees increase is because it's all about seed being planted. Now, if you take an ear of corn and you pull one of those kernels off and you dry it and you stick it in the ground, hopefully it's not one of them hybrid things that won't grow anything, and uh, you grow that that stalk and you have two or three ears of corn on there with a couple hundred kernels on each of those ears, you have between four and six hundred seeds, basically, from that one. Because God's economy is always increase. And he wants us to be people of increase. Now, I've been in the church a long time. And I've been through so many different fads of preaching. And I lived and survived through the prosperity message where it was name it and claim it, you know, and you can have that caddy if you want it and all of those things. And I survived that because God wants you to be increased in every possible way that you can think of. He wants you to increase. He wants you to increase in your health. He wants you to increase in your faith. He wants you to increase in your love for him. He wants you to increase in your love for one another and in your kindness to one another. He wants us to increase in every way, in peace and in joy. So how do we, you know, how do we increase? We're in the kingdom. How do we increase? Well, he makes it pretty simple. And he talks about just sow some seed. You got to sow some seed. And so we're going to look at Galatians this evening and the sixth chapter. And I'm going to read it in the Message Bible. He brings it right down where we're at. And this whole passage, it's, we're going to read in here, and I'm sure you've, you, most of you have heard of it, that Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. We know we've heard that many times. And also, don't be weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. But he begins this whole dialogue that he's leading up to this with these words. Live creatively, friends. 
If someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore him, saving your critical comments for yourself. You might be needing forgiveness before the day's out. Stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens and so complete Christ's law. If you, think, if you think you're too good for that, you are badly deceived. So he opens this passage with two things, showing mercy in order to see restoration and also lifting the burdens of the oppressed. So he, as he goes on, he's going to talk about this is sowing seed. Because when we sow these kind of things, the kingdom of God increases. And God intends his kingdom to always increase. So when we sow seeds of mercy, when we sow seeds of um, doing justly to help someone, to be an advocate for someone, to, to lift the burden of the oppressed, we are sowing seeds. Not only are we sowing seeds for the kingdom of God to go forward in this life, but I'm going to teach you tonight that you're sowing seeds for your own life. And then he goes on to say, make a careful exploration of who you are. Maybe we don't do that. <laughs> and the work you've been given. And then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best that you can with your own life. Be very sure now you have been trained to a self-sufficient maturity that you enter into a generous common life. With those who have trained you, sharing all the good things that you have and experience. And he is talking about sharing things, sharing money, sharing food, sharing what somebody else in the body of Christ may need, where somebody who is struggling might need your help and my help. Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. King James says, be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. And it says in like the NS NASB and the more literal translations that we are to do good to everyone, but first to the household of faith. So that's us, the household of faith, to do good. When, we, when, when it's in our hand to do it, to do it, to reach out, to make a phone call, to help somebody who's struggling, to give them an encouraging word, to pray for them. You know, because in our society we're, we're living more, more and more isolated, aren't we? I mean, and we're not meant to live that way, see? Human beings don't thrive that way. We thrive on connection. Even introverts like myself... You know, half of you all in here are introverts like me. The other half are extroverts. But the introverts also have to connect. We have to have that sense of connection. Human beings were made to connect. 
And when we connect with the household of faith and when we do good to one another and when we reach out to the, the rest of the world, it brings connection in our lives and it shatters this isolated life that we're all kind of stuck in. You know, we're, we're, we go home and we, whatever we do to relax, you know, just shut the world out, except for Facebook or whatever, Twitter or whatever you like, Instagram. Um, and we think we're connected through social media, but it's an empty connection, you know. And I'm not slamming it. It's great. I'm on all that stuff, too. I want to know what's going on, who had a baby, who's in the hospital, you know. <laughs> but we cannot neglect being there for one another and making that connection. That's what the body of Christ is. We need one another desperately. We need one another. So, so what does this mean, talking about the journey of a seed? I'm going to tell you a story. But before I do that, I, I'll do a little question and answer here. So I named some of them, but when we're sowing seed in God's kingdom, some of them I gave you an idea, but what are some other things we can do? Anybody? Just shout it out. This is participation tonight. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Cora. Feed the hungry, clothe the naked. What did Jesus say? He said, give the, a cup of cold water to somebody who's thirsty. When they're in prison, visit, visit them. And I mean, it doesn't have to be bars. Someone could be home and be sick and be hurting, like Gretchen just went through for the last year, and be at home in prison, really. No offense, Dwight. <laughs> <laughs> kept the key <laughs> you know but giving her a call visiting you know someone you know maybe you don't know Gretchen yet and but you know somebody you know who's in prison visit them struggling with something pray for them bring them a meal just say hey you know what I love you you're going to do this we're going to do it together we can do this good answer Cora what else somebody said food bank absolutely the food bank what we do here, giving out food to the hungry, that's sowing good seed. It's sowing, sowing. Your time, giving of your time, giving of your talent. Telling your story, giving your testimony. What? Being kind to strangers. The Bible says, thereby we've entertained angels unawares. Sometimes. Care for orphans. Pure religion and undefiled. Love the unlovely. You get an A tonight, girl. And the widows. Yes. Absolutely. Giving a ride to somebody. Give up your parking space closest to the building. Did you just do that tonight? Come on, girl. <laughs> and you know, even sowing our own lives. Did you know that your life is a seed? Jesus' life, he was a seed. And he said, unless this corn of wheat, talking about his life, goes into the ground and dies, it'll abide alone. But if it dies, it'll bring forth much fruit. And so, and he's called us that to do that too, to sow our lives. 
Because, you know, Jesus challenges us, doesn't he? Religion doesn't. Religion just depresses and restricts. Jesus challenges you to come up higher. Jesus challenges you to live a life that the world doesn't even get at all. Because the world says, live your life, get what you can. And Jesus says, give your life away. Because when you give it away, you get it back. But if you try and hold on to it, you lose it. So our lives are a seed. And God will ask each of us, he asks each of us to sow our lives. To sow our lives for the world. To sow our lives for the church. To sow our lives to see the kingdom come. In whatever way he's called each of us to do it, I can't tell you how he'll ask you. I know how he asked me. I can't tell you, but he'll talk to you because the Spirit of God is faithful to knock on our door, whisper in our ear, and begin to speak to us about our life. So the kingdom of God is always advancing. I want you to remember that God is a God of increase, and one of the major ways is by sowing seed. Okay? When we moved into our house... This is what precipitated this sermon. I was telling Robin Robertson this story. I was at a meeting, a huddle meeting here on a Wednesday afternoon, and Robin was sitting with me, and I don't even know what we were talking about. And, um, oh, I know what we were talking about. She was just talking about seeds being sown on her job. She works placing um, children in families um, that have been given up for adoption, and how some you know, works out, it's great stories, and other stories are really tough stories. And we talked about being persevering and being tenacious about continuing to sow seed in the face of discouragement. And this story came to my mind. I hadn't thought of it in about 25 years. And as I started telling it to her, she's like, that's a sermon. Now you have to preach that. (laughs) So here we are. So you want to know the story? (laughs) Okay. So when we bought our house, we've been in our house for 30 years, and it was a foreclosure and full of rats, and the well was dry, and we had five kids and our nephew living with us. Was Walter? No, he wasn't living with us. Yeah, he was. And uh, yeah, it was an interesting challenge, but we knew it was the gift of the Lord to our lives. And so about two years, maybe a year in, the septic tank backed up and uh, you know you get the truck in there and it sucks all the stuff out and and it didn't just wasn't gonna do it and we tried everything there were eight people in that house honey we needed a septic system that worked and so we called our friend Bill who ran heavy equipment you know we did the um what do you call it midnight plumbing and, uh, you know, I don't know if anybody's here from zoning, but I repent right now. But it was 28 years ago. <laughs> anyway, you know, you park the truck so the road people going by on the road can't see what you're doing. <laughs> Get the backhoe in there. <laughs> Start digging things up. Yes. So we dig, we dig up, and he puts in this humongous drain field. You could have an army in that house with this drain field. And he pushes the dirt all back over and smooths it all out, you know. We're like, hallelujah. We go on with our lives, and 
about two weeks later, I, I was out there, and there was a tomato plant. <laughs> it was growing up out of that soil. just as green and happy as it could be. And I'm like, where did that tomato plant come from? Where did that tomato plant come from? And I was a little slower to catch on than y'all just were. But I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I like to grow things. And I'm curious. So I thought, I'm going to let this thing grow. So I got, you remember, right, Aaron? Do you remember? Yeah, I put I put a like a barrier around it so nobody would run over it. You know, the kids and kick a soccer ball across there or something, or the goats eat it. So I put a barrier around it, and I wanted to see if that thing was going to have tomatoes or not. Not the jury was out on whether we would eat the tomatoes. <laughs> but we did want I did want to know if this thing was going to produce tomatoes. And I'll have you know that it did. And just, you know. We did not eat tomatoes. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe John did. Made sauce. Made sauce. But I want you to think for a moment. Let's take a journey with this little seed, okay? Can we do that? So first of all, let's start with the person that planted the original plant that grew the tomato. I mean, they went to the store, they planted it, whether it was commercial or some farm um, nearby or whatever, California or from Mexico or wherever they come from. And so it grew, it went to market, we bought it. Or maybe it wasn't us. Maybe it was the people that lived in the house before us. It was bought. And it was sliced, and who knows? It could have been made into sauce. I don't know. Sliced tomatoes, salsa, who knows? But anyway, it was consumed. And then it went through a very deep, dark journey. <laughs> yes, it's first deep, dark journey. You know? And... Uh, and then it was flushed on top of that, right? It was flushed. And then how long was that seed in that septic system or that drain field? I don't know. Yeah, and you're saying, well, it couldn't have been long. Well, I'm going to tell you something in a minute. It could be a long time. And that seed laid in there until Bill came along with his backhoe and dug that soil up and mixed everything up and that seed just happened to land in the right place, in the right depth of soil, in the right moisture and fertilizer. <laughs> and it began to grow. Now, as it is in the natural, so it is in the spirit. So many things everything just about that we can talk about in the spiritual realm, there is a natural uh, parallel to it. And so it is with the seeds that we sow. Because a lot of times we'll sow seed 
And let's just talk about money. That's because that's just easy for us to relate to, okay? But we'll say, well, you know what? I'm going to put this extra amount in the offering for the guest speaker, or I'm going to put this extra amount in for the food bank, or I'm going to help somebody that's struggling, and, and then I know God is going to take care of this bill. And we do it. And God goes on vacation. He doesn't care about your bill. <laughs> you know, your bill doesn't get paid. And, and we're like, oh, wait a minute, God. Now, I've heard plenty of testimonies where God showed up and paid the bill miraculously. But sometimes it doesn't happen. And then we think, oh, this Bible stuff. It's all a big lie. That preacher telling all those stories. But just because the seed left your hand, it didn't leave your life. Because that seed is on a journey. And when you plant that seed, there's increase in it. It's increased for whoever you've blessed. And there's increase down the road for you. Because the Bible says God isn't a fool. Whatever we sow, we'll reap. Now, another question and answer. Is a seed living or non-living? Hmm. No, you can't Google it on you. <laughs> now, this, if you think it's living, lift your hand. If you think it's non-living, lift your hand. Okay, a little more livings than non-livings, but. So, I'm going to read it to you. A seed has the embryo of a new plant inside. It is a living thing that is in a dormant state and requires being buried in soil or other suitable medium to trigger the renewal or growth process. But a seed is dormant until it's sown. So all the life that is in that little seed that God put in there, he said in Genesis, I put all that in little seed, every seed after its own kind. So every seed that we have, and do you know that we have an unmeasurable amount of seed in our life. We have all this seed that we can just wildly cast about and give to others and sow for the kingdom of God, to sow to help others. But it's dormant as long as it's in our cupboard, in our drawer. Have you ever thought, oh, I should send so-and-so, you know, a text or a card, or I should go visit so-and-so? Oh, I just keep thinking I should go, and then, and then we don't. You know, we forget, and our life gets busy, and that was a seed unsown. Now, and I'm not trying to whip a guilt trip on you, believe me, because we all do it. We all do it. But what I want to say to you is that we have an unlimited amount of seed that we can sow. Every day, we have opportunity. And so, I'm going to tell you a story. 
Casey, if you can put that image up there for me, please. That is, there's a name for that tree. No, that's not the tomato bush. This is even better. The story, the name of this uh, date palm is Methuselah. And uh, Methuselah was the oldest living man on record. Well over 900 years old he lived to be. I'm going to read you the story. Some archaeologists found a seed about 20 years ago or so digging in uh, Herod's palace. And Herod was the guy that was alive when Jesus was, okay? So this is over 2,000 years ago. They're digging in the remains of Herod's palace, and they come across a seed. And so they, you know, they take these archaeologists, they take everything, so they took the seed and everything else, the little shards of pottery or whatever it was that they're um, excavating. And they classified it, put it in a bag, stuck it in a drawer. And in 2005 or 6, 2006, I think it was, one of those scientists had the bright idea, why don't we plant it and see what happens? And so they did. Yes, voila. That is Methuselah. It is in Israel, and it is a date palm grown from a seed. It's over 2,000 years old. You can Google it and look it up. I texted, um, emailed Casey and said, just Google Methuselah date palm and get me an image. And there it is. You see, the life is always in the seed to produce after its own kind. So when we sow seeds of kindness, kindness increases. You know how years ago they had that pay it forward thing going on? Well, it was the same idea. When you do a kindness, if I do a kindness to my husband, well, I should be doing that all the time, so you don't count. Um, To Sheila. I do a kindness. I mean, you count, but not for this story. <laughs> I feel he's getting offended, you know. If I do a kindness for Sheila, and it's going to help her, encourage her, something, it's going to change her. It's going gonna, it's gonna to do something inside of her heart so that when she has an opportunity to do a kindness, she's going to do it. And sometimes we get to do a kindness to somebody who doesn't deserve it. You know, we have, we're really good at measuring things, aren't we? Yep. I'm going to be nice to you because, nah, 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 you know. But I'm not going to be nice to you because I got a list for that. Because we have our measuring sticks where we decide whether someone is worthy of our kindness or not. But when we take that extra step and we're kind... Oh, I think this was one of Jesus' teachings. We're kind when someone doesn't deserve it in our eyes. That could even be our enemy. Where there was hate, something replaces that. And it will increase because there's life in the seed of kindness. And it takes faith to sow these seeds. 
Because like the tomato seed, you know, no one ever thought that something would grow from that thing for sure. But it did. And I was thinking about the parable of the sower. And even though it's really the parable of the soil, they say, um, you know, Jesus talked about the sower went to sow seed and some fell upon the uh, rocky places. And the birds came and picked up the seed. And I started to think about it as I was preparing this message. That's true, but you know what? Sometimes those birds, they eat that seed and they fly over there a couple miles. You know. And next thing you know, that seed finds some good soil and starts to grow. So I told the Lord, I said, you know, that's a good parable, but how about this? <laughs> that this, uh, you know, it, it really was a parable about the soil. <laughs> but the seed, because my point being that the seed, it might have fallen on rocky ground because sometimes our hearts are stony and the seed doesn't penetrate. But that's no reflection on the seed. The seed still has in it what it was meant to carry. That kindness. And, you know, if we sit and think right now, things... I've lived long enough now where I've seen, I've seen, you know, some reaping of seeds that I've sown in my life that's good stuff that I'm thrilled with. But there's also things that I've sown that, you know, who knows? But I know it was good seed. And I know that maybe in heaven we'll all find out about that seed that went out of our hand, but it didn't go out of our life. It did not go out of our life because it's brought increase somewhere. And it brings increase to us even when we don't understand why, where that increase is coming from or where that, um, favor. yeah, favor and just the things that God opens up in our lives. And it's so much easier to be nice you know where I have a problem being nice? No. Driving. Now, I don't say or make any hand motions. I don't beep at people that are confused or anything like that. But I just get all worked up in my truck because somebody in front of me does not know how to drive. They're either not going the speed limit they're in the wrong turn lane. They don't know where they are. And I'm talking to myself the whole time. Oh, just get off the road if you don't know where you are, you know. Now, I'm not really saying to them, but it's not good to be so stressed out. It's so much nicer if I put some music on or just, you know, chill out, maybe call somebody I like, which is everybody here, and, you know, chat. It's so much easier to sow good seed. It's so much easier to be kind. It's so much easier to be positive with somebody. So this seed, 2,000 years later, and in fact, in 2016, this thing has now become 10 or 12 feet tall. And this is the first year it produced pollen. 
So now it's going to be a daddy. It's a male date palm. And so they're going to sprinkle its little pollen over here on the female date palm. And they're going to have dates. And they're going to find out what kind of dates they were eating in the time of Christ because they planted this seed. No. But I bet you I should write a blog, and then you could mi uh, Google the minor tomato plant. So some seeds we'll see in the outcome uh, the outcome of the sowing of these seeds in our lives, and others we won't. But do not let that stop you sowing the seed. You know, even uh, people that are farmers, and they know when they sow the seed, like if they... You know, there's a lot of farmers that have um, sloped hills where they sow their seed. And if they have a bad rain and it washes that seed down the hill, you know, it's, you think it's gone, but pretty soon the seeds that are in that right spot under that soil, they're going to sprout and grow at the bottom of that hill. So the seed is never lost. The seed is always good. And so we want to choose... Sow good seed. And not only that, I mean, I don't want to mention this, but if we sow bad seed, you know, hatred and jealousy and speaking evil about people and all of that, that grows too. That's the problem. These seeds are all, you know, created equal. So that's why we want to live big, large lives of the love of God. We want to live... We want to live with open arms of love for one another and for the world and to care for them because they don't know the love of a father. And we want it, you know, as we grow in the Lord and take this journey, God, help me not to sow the ugly seeds, the seeds of resentment and anger and jealousy and stinginess and, you know, worry and all of those things that produce just weeds in our lives, and in the lives of others. But let's see the kingdom of God go forward and increase. Because what's in that seed is amazing. It was put there by God. And it's tenacious, and it's alive, but it's dormant until we sow it. So we want to get really crazy about sowing these seeds. See the kingdom of God come in our families, in this community, in the Philippines, in the Dominican Republic, and all the places across this world. Amen? Amen. All right. You're going to get out of here early tonight. So that is a seed of kindness that I just sowed. All right. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, we want to be sowers of good things. And Lord, we believe that your word is true. We believe that uh, we sow in faith. And we sow not seeing sometimes but Lord we know that you watch over the seed God and it's our desire to sow good things Lord we want this church we want this expression of your body to sow good things we want to do it individually we want to do it corporately God and so we just thank you for your word I just ask your presence your loving kindness to go with your people Lord and Keep them, watch over them, draw them closer to you, in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Okay, we'll see you Sunday.